I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. I am Monish, and as always, I am joined by Nishant. We are back after a long break. I think it was ten days, and we stopped after before the All Star game. We took a personal break for ourselves, but we are back. Nothing much has changed, has it, in the last one week, except that a few trades. Not a few, but I think the one big major trade was Blake Griffin going to the Nets. Yeah. Uh, did you see that coming? I knew he he did a buyout of his contract, which meant that he was moving. Did you see the Nets going in for him? Yeah, I, yeah. Nets were. I think we discussed this also. Nets were one of the prime contenders because yeah, uh, they're one of the first names that come to mind when when you think of teams that desperately need a big. And there are a bunch of these, right? Then that that's. It's what we were lamenting. Is that we are, the league is so loaded with guards that a, a quality big that that can do anything at all, but that can also potentially score is is such a scarcity in the league as are wings. But but yeah, um, I was I was thinking it's going to be either the Nets, maybe the Lakers make a play for him because they had their own troubles, but they went another way, um, and. He had to go. The second it was a buyout, you knew Blake Griffin was getting a deal because then teams are free to sign him on a on a veteran minimum or one of those basic contracts rather than shelling out twenty million dollars to get him. So yeah. not not too surprised. Uh, Nets probably wouldn't have been my first pick, uh, my favorite to sign him, but but I'm not surprised at all. Now uh, the Nets, uh, they're they won nine of the last ten games and they've been balling it out. And at this moment, if you had to pick a Favorite, I think it would be the Nets for yeah, most for of sure. us, right? Yeah. Uh, but they missed one big guy in the team. The DeAndre DeAndre Jordan at center was not really working out. Now Blake Griffin coming in as a number four, uh, he'll be a backup for probably Kevin Durant or maybe playoff as a five as well. Both, yeah. I think it's more of a yeah, five. So, thing. does it make Nets really stronger than they they were already, or do you think Blake Griffin is way past his prime? Now he's not been on a. Yeah contending team since Chris Paul was at the Clippers and he was having this high-flying season yeah. Yeah, again yeah. and again. A couple of years back, he did take Detroit Pistons to the playoffs, but it was an entirely different Blake Griffin. He was shooting threes at 35%. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, the Blake Griffin we know. This year, he has yet to make a dunk. So it's not the same Blake Griffin. So do you think he adds any value to the Nets? He's actually yet to make a dunk since 2019. It's been that yeah. long since he... Just any dunk. Just since he dunked the ball, 2019. Um... Yeah, look, I'm a, I was a big Blake Griffin fan. Um, supporting the Lakers, I didn't have too much love for Clippers. Not that um, you know, I, I ever cared much for the Clippers. They weren't um, a team. Elton Brand was their best player once upon a time, right? So they weren't really very Elton Brand of uh, the process fame at Philadelphia. He was their best player once upon a time, right? So they didn't figure high on anyone's radar until Lob City Clippers came along. They had that whole racism fiasco with their uh, Donald Sterling, the owner, and then he got booted out. Um, in came Steve Barmer. I hear he has some money, so they, they put together a good team. And here comes uh, here comes the Lob City Clippers. There, there was Chris Paul, there was DeAndre Jordan. So this is a reunion of sorts. And a bunch of other role players that, that really made them a thrilling team to watch. But it was mainly these three, uh, Blake, DeAndre Jordan, and, and Chris Paul. Um, that version of Blake Griffin is one of the most awe-inspiring athletes you'll ever see. He's right up there with, I wish that could have gone on for a little longer level, all-time greats in that list, which is Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, people who touched incredible peaks, Grand Hill even, um, and then they were ravaged by injuries and, and they were never the same. I don't think 
I've heard I've heard a fair few like ESPN did a did a bit on first take where they were saying uh-huh. Blake Griffin probably played the way he did in Detroit because he wasn't motivated. It was a bum team. It was going nowhere. They were always tanking. They didn't really have any ambition. I don't think that's true. You you maybe didn't put in a hundred percent of effort, uh-huh. but I find it hard to believe that like you you didn't dunk a ball in donkey's ears. That's not that can't be down to when you're the most. one of the most high flying players ever to play basketball you're like a 6-11 zion williamson and then you don't dunk at all in two years in whatever few games you've played that makes no sense so I, i'm not buying that i think he's well past his prime um the blake griffin that started shooting threes that metamorphosed into this uh, it was almost a lamarcus aldridge kind of game that that he had developed over time right and that that's not a sign of a demotivated player a demotivated player does not put in that kind of effort to develop a jump shot where he had none a few years ago that's the sign of somebody who has realized he doesn't have the hops anymore doesn't have that explosive athleticism and so he has to find other ways to stay relevant i don't think if if that's the kind of offense he provides the nets are going to be like no thank you because mm-hmm. they've got i don't think the nets need anyone to help out in any way anywhere <laughs> on offense right absolutely not <laughs> Yeah, so I think he's going to be more of a come in few minutes for DeAndre Jordan, uh, bump shoulders, get get rough in the paint, grab rebounds, but most critically rebounds and anything else they get from him in terms of points production is a bonus. I don't think he's a game changer. I don't think he makes them too much stronger than they already are. Mm-hmm. I'll be proven wrong only and only if Blake Griffin turns into at least a part of the old Blake Griffin. So, do you think it was kind of puzzling that the Nets still went in for him because when you shoot 28% from 3 yeah. you don't dunk the ball anymore what are you actually getting size that's pretty much all the nets paid for you just get a big guy that can um look you get size you get experience uh, you get somebody who stays calm under pressure it's not always a given like if you if you have somebody like a james wiseman who it's a bad comparison he's an upper echelon talent so he might get a lot of things together in the playoffs but mm-hmm. but as things get tighter and tighter in the playoffs experience counts the ability to say i've been there and and i know how this can go badly and sometimes i know how this can go right um these things matter a lot so i think he largely brings in that but it's mostly just uh, a, a once upon a time top tier talent who can still bump bodies who still has size and strength who still mm-hmm. may not have the hops but he can still be Uh, a bit of a nuisance for the attackers around the rim and most importantly i think he can still grab some boards and they they badly need somebody that can rebound in deandre jordan's absence i think i think deandre jordan's come along rather nicely since yeah. he was lambasted say around yeah. uh, i want to say end of jan was when we started seeing some sort of an uprising in in form right where yeah. uh, you saw at least like a 12 14 points 10 11 rebound games from him and consistently so Uh, that's that's what they need from him if he can do that and if Blake Griffin can be even a modicum of a backup then i think they're they're well set but i don't think this trade elevates the nets too much i think it's it's nice it's a good move right and uh, now like i said the nets have won 9 of the last 10 and uh, including today's game they won 10 of the last 11 now uh, this is without kevin durant being in the team uh, james harden is playing i would say like an mvp yeah. kyrie irving is being kyrie irving is getting 30 plus points every single game Uh, James Harden is almost getting a triple double every single game. He's yeah. the one grabbing the rebounds, not leaving anything for DeAndre Jordan. Mm. And now you added Blake Griffin, who doesn't really add much. But do you think they're done shopping, or do you think there is still a piece left for the Nets to be the absolute favorites? 
I think the Nets right now would do whatever it takes to get a chip. They don't care what you say. They don't care if you say you you stacked the deck. You cheated your way to a title. You purchased your way to a title. We've seen this in football. Uh-huh. In comes an influential ownership group, and they're going to do anything for their prestige. They want their brand to be associated with winning, and then they'll do their thing on the business side. And for that to happen, it looks like there's no price that's too high for the Brooklyn Nets. They're right, they're right now second in the luxury tax table behind Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. So if anything, they're going to look at Golden State probably and think this is a proven model mm-hmm. where you put talent on the court, you don't give a damn about luxury tax, and you can build a profitable business. It's possible. Uh, you can maybe maximize your margins by uh, play winning one game less in a season, and I'm talking about the NBA Finals. But but putting together a good team that excites fans, sure. But this is a year where there are no fans anyway, so it's not like your your stadium attendance counts for anything. I think they'll they'll go. I think they'll go all the way. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they break the bank further with another player, and even if they surpass Golden State in luxury tax, I think they'll they'll be willing to do it if a right deal comes along. Um, will it be for somebody like a Drummond? I don't think so. I think they're they're okay in the bigs. Maybe they want to load up on on shooters now, um, more backup that can come off the bench and contribute, uh, just to preserve their superstars a little more. But uh, I think there's the right made a right move to be made. They'll make it, but but otherwise they're set. They needed a big man. They got Blake Griffin. Was he the best man available in the market? Maybe, maybe not. But if they if they feel he's good enough, he's good enough. Uh, should KD missing so many games be a concern for them? I know that James Harden is kind of covering up for it entirely, but KD has not played in 18 months. He came back this season, started off really well. He was in fact hmm. in one of our MVP conversations as well, if I remember. Rightly, missed the All-Star game, uh, was the captain, though I don't know how that works, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he's not played since, what, one month now? Yeah. So, is that kind of concerning for uh, Brooklyn Nets, or they've got it figured, like they know that they just need to make the top four, top yeah. eight probably even, and they know that their actual team is set for the playoffs, because KD will be back, and then they're unbeatable. Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts on this. One, one there's a bit of a parallel that can be drawn between the two six eleven guys that are out injured right now. Um, AD on the Lakers and KD on, I did not mean for that to rhyme, on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and I think in both cases, the right thing to do in for, for different reasons is give them as much time off as they need. As long as they come back sometime before the playoffs or even at the start of the playoffs. But fully fit, you're good. For the Lakers, it's because this is a largely set core. And I know they've changed a lot of pieces around that core, but the core is is set. Uh, you have a lot of stability. You have, be it Jared Dudley, who's kind of like the spirit of the locker room guy, or or your big, your number one, LeBron, or uh, some of your supporting pieces like Caruso, like Kuzma, like KCP. All of these guys have been through this journey already last year, and they continue. So there is that continuity. Yes, you'll have to integrate Schroeder and, and Harrell and all of the other guys that they brought in, Wes Matthews. Um, but because that core is intact, and because they're the defending champs, uh, they don't have to solve afresh for team, team chemistry issues when AD comes back. Right. So they're okay as long as he comes back in the playoffs. And, and that should be the... Because remember last year, and AD does this every year. He misses a bunch of games every year. He's not mm-hmm. the most fit, fittest person, which is why people were surprised that he lasted till the end of the season. But what people should remember is he did get a four or five month hiatus in between because of the lockdown. That was a huge boon for AD to recover and, and not play games. 
Um, so they've got to kind of recreate a version of that this season looks like, and and not rush him back. And hey, I'm I'm good if if it's a repeat of last season in the postseason. I'm good if he doesn't play the regular season. That's what Kawhi has been doing for years. So that's AD. KD similar thing, different um, justification. The Brooklyn Nets can top the East even without KD. That's how good they are. They they can top the conference without KD. They don't even need KD to do it. Mm-hmm. Now then the question is okay if he comes back around the playoffs just before just after start of playoffs whatever first round is the East I mean who cares they'll they'll breeze through. Uh, what about team chemistry and and you're gonna want to bring up the Clippers from last season. They did this all year. They barely had like ten or twelve games where their entire uh, first pref squad played, mm-hmm. and they fell apart in the in the postseason. But couple of reasons or more maybe why it's not the same thing. One, the Clippers had a bunch of players who just did not cope well with life in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Players like Harden, etc. I wouldn't expect them to have any such problem. And and Harden was there in the bubble last year. I thought I thought he played just fine. Lakers were just the better team in that series. Yeah. So, uh, and Kyrie, Kyrie inside outside the bubble, he has his own bubble man. He doesn't care about any of this. So so Kyrie is good. I don't think they have that problem. The second problem that they had, and that was probably a little more pronounced in the Clippers, was they had a core team that had been there for a while. That was already a forty-six, fifty-win team before they plonked plonked these mm-hmm. two superstars into that team. And then it felt like everything pivoted to revolving around those two superstars. They they could skip practice when they wanted, but the rest of the team had to show up. All of these little things that that irritate players around you and that contributes to the downfall of your team chemistry. We've not heard any such story from Brooklyn outside of Kyrie's antics, which are that that's always the case. We've not really heard of uh, any locker room issues in Brooklyn. I think Kevin Durant is the clear leader there and I think he's doing a great job. With, with James Harden, I'm sure that will only elevate. Right. And none of these superstars are... Kyrie has some eccentricities, but none of these guys are cut corners on effort kind of superstars. They all put in the work. When they're fit, they put in the grind. I don't think Harden will do here what he did in Houston, which was go off to strip clubs and all of that. If he does, then they've got bigger issues than Kevin Durant not coming back. So all of the reasons that contributed to the Clippers not being able to just get together as a team and pull through, get over the line, I don't think will apply to the Brooklyn Nets. So if then if none of these are a factor, if Kevin Durant, my assumption, and I think it's the right one, is that if Kevin Durant can come back, he's plug and play. He comes into this and he plays. Then as a GM, you're going to say, give him as much rest as he wants. Because we've seen this before. We know how it ends if you rush him back. They did that in yeah. the NBA Finals in Golden State and they wrecked a year of his career. Right. So, so preserve Kevin Durant. He's already proven that he's, he's playing like he didn't skip a day of basketball. Uh, I don't think if, if that's the case after like a 14-month hiatus, I don't think a three-month break is going to really do, do a great deal. And three months is a lot, right? So, so I'm not worried at all. I don't think Brooklyn Nets fans should be worried. Only thing they should be worried about is how do they improve their defense just enough to get to the finals and then take it from there? Yeah, I totally agree. I think also the on-field or off-field chemistry between Kyrie and KD and Harden and KD, yeah. uh, both those relationships help as well so that it won't feel like KD is coming in and disrupting that team chemistry. I don't think it will happen. You saw how James Harden easily fit into this team when he came in. You saw how KD and Kyrie started playing together like they've always have been. So, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think Brooklyn Nets are, if I had to pick the top team right now, 
uh, I would pick them even over the 76ers. I would pick them even over Utah Jazz. I would pick them over LA Lakers. I think Brooklyn Nets are strong, strong favorites, uh, regardless of what they had going on earlier in the season with their bad defense and all of that. I think right now they're showing what they can do. Yeah, they certainly look like it. And uh, hey, one small point. All those players that got pissed off in the Clippers because of Kawhi and PG getting preferential uh-huh. treatment, being late to flights. A lot of those guys were there before, right? So they would have felt like it's their team and then these guys come in and just completely take over. People understand superstars get preferential treatment, but this was, you know, pushing the limit. Um, In Brooklyn, there's not really much scope for that to happen because the most of the guys that would have gotten pissed off because they did make the playoffs without any of these Uh folks are all shipped out. Like, yeah, there's nobody, (laughs) there's hardly anyone there that... (laughs) That knew what life was before these two. So, I think they're good. That's another reason why I'm okay with Durant not being around for a while. Yeah, but would you agree that uh, Brooklyn Nets are the strong, the strongest team or the yeah, for sure. favorites at this moment? Yeah, yeah without without question. Without question. As, as teams are, are currently, presently constructed, yes. Um, AD coming back would change a lot. Juro uh, back in Milwaukee makes them interesting. Although, although Milwaukee, until they actually go to the finals... Mm-hmm. I think it would be fair to assume they won't and fair to assume at some point they're going to come undone. So, but interesting stuff happening there. Embiid's injury is not serious. So it's it's not it's not like that's it shut the league down like, like it was when KD was in Golden State. Mm-hmm. It's more sure they're the strongest team right now but a lot can happen from now till the start of the playoffs. Alright, so that was the Brooklyn Nets. We'll continue to analyze them and see how they Fair. I think they have been doing really well. And New York Knicks actually gave them quite a run today. <laughs> it was a close game. Uh, that's a team that we'll talk about soon. But that's all for today's episode. It was nice uh, talking basketball after a break. Yeah, man. And we'll continue to do this. See you tomorrow. Sure thing. Cheers.